Welcome to the Loser's Corner, your place for Delt Legends fantasy news. And now, your hosts, Ray Goulet and Shane Yardley. All right, welcome in everybody to another edition of the Loser's Corner. I am your host with the most losses or whatever last season. I should probably come up with something better than that. It's been, it's been a few weeks. Uh, my name's Ray Goulet. I'm joined, as always, by my lovely, lovely co-host with such a great fantasy team putting up, putting up the big points this week, Shane Yardley. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. You know what? Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's the episode, everybody. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a week. What a week. Uh yeah, you know what? Let's just jump right into it. We're going to take that matchup right now, mostly because it was probably one of the worst matchups of the week anyway. It was the biggest blowout. So so let's go ahead and look at it. Let's talk about all the ways in which my team let me down. I so, mean, I, mean I, I love the fact that I'm at the top of the biggest blowout, and I don't know if I should be proud or ashamed that me having the biggest blowout was with less than 120 points. Well, you know what, though? It, it was partially you. As we were talking about earlier, you had the third most points in the league this week. Um, and then you went up against the lowest scoring team in the league. So I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you can take a little bit of pride. But let's let's talk about all the ways in which my team let me down before we get too much further. So first off, we have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is one of the most exciting players in the NFL. Um, and he comes out against a terrible Giants team. And does nothing. Now, part of the reason why he does nothing is because uh, they decided they were going to run the ball all day, which is great because I have their number one running back. So that would be fantastic. Do you have Uh, their number one running back? I do have their number one running back. Unfortunately, uh, the Arizona coach decided that he was going to be only used in emergencies uh, this week and except for some reason decided to give him the first carry of the day. And then he stood on the sideline for the rest of the week or for the rest of the game, which means that Chase Edmonds, his backup, which being the planner that I am and thinking that, you know, like I should get some insurance for my guys, I have him sitting on my bench right now, goes ahead and rushes for 126 yards and three touchdowns. So pretty cool week for me. Uh, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, people have checked in on me. Um, it'll be okay. It'll I be mean, all right. you do know that number one running back doesn't mean one – touch is what they get right that's not how that term works yeah i'm pretty sure i, I that 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 makes sense to me uh, okay that, that tracks well i mean on my side of the ball i had some lost opportunities i decided to bench mvs for the first time uh this season and uh it, he decided to blow up this week so that was cool and uh kirk cousins is looking good so i i could have beaten you by more um that would have been nice but i mean things are okay i mean on my side of the ball Carry on Johnson uh, looks like he's going to be missing some time. Um, so things aren't all rainbows and unicorns over on my side of the field. It was a good did, win. I enjoyed did it. Did you make sure to uh, get carry on's backup? Uh, no. Uh, inf- oh. oh, what a bummer. Oh, huh. Yeah. Well, at, at least I didn't get his backup and then have his backup outperform. Uh, that would have been. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so you know what? I, I don't want to spend too much time on that game, only because uh, it was a it was a good week for you. Y- you played well. I was just absolute trash, so um, we don't need to spend too much time there. Let's go to the next trashiest game, 
um, which actually, weirdly enough, was my pick of the game of the week. Uh, way off on that one. Um, so we go to uh, to Ross and Josh's game. And, uh, you know, I, Ross, I, I think we saw it earlier this season. Um, but Ross is going to have a tough time filling bye weeks, I think. I don't think there's a lot of depth on his team. I'm not saying that his team is is terrible or anything like that. Um, he, he's going to be fine. But there's definitely some concerns as far as once these guys start going out for a week, um, who he's got to fill in for them. He's got Will Fuller now, who's going to be out probably for a little while. Marvin Jones will not have a game like that again. That was crazy. There's no way Ross could have known and put him in his lineup. Um, but he's not going to have another game like that, uh, mostly because that's a historic game there. Um, so I, I think he's going to struggle when his guys are on by. Well, I mean, and we were talking before, like, weeks ago, about how Ross's team really has been, like, hitting, just getting lucky with the, the guys that he's putting in. Uh, I mean, some of it's probably looking at matchups and whatnot, but, I mean, there's there's always that luck factor, and you can't always win them. Um, and you brought up Will Fuller. I don't even, I don't expect that Will Fuller's on Ross's bench in, like, six hours, or 12 hours, whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, and then over on Josh's side, um, you know, not that he had a great week. Nobody had a great week. But once again, the New England D just just picks up his team, puts them on his back, and carries them across the finish line. So uh, that's, I mean, the New England D has been just awesome for Josh this year. I mean, that's one pickup that I wouldn't make fun of uh, Healy for picking up, but there, I don't think that Josh has any plans to trade them away for anything on anything on Homer's team no I don't think so either uh, so with that with that uh, that reference to Homer let's go ahead and go check out his game because uh, because he got the win good for him you know uh, Sony Michelle the guy that we uh, affectionately gave him the name Homer for um, had a monster game I mean it wasn't a good game football wise but it was a good game. Uh, stat-wise. So the three rushing touchdowns, you got to love that. You don't care how you get the points, just that you get them. Um, he did put up a zero. Um, but but his, you know, he got the win against the third-place team. Um, you know, pretty a pretty nice win. Yeah, and um, no one was expecting this outcome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and it's, it's kind of bizarre, like, looking at... So both of them decided to start a tight end that scored zero. Um, so that was kind of a gentleman's agreement, it looks like. Uh, and then, and then Matt Ryan was just terrible. And that's really the difference in the game is that if Matt Ryan even puts up a pedestrian game, um, you know, Malcolm wins. Yeah. Matt Ryan's been one of the top quarterbacks on the season and just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's gross. And I mean, Sony Michelle as like great as that game is, if you look at the stat line, he's got one reception and 42 yards. If he doesn't like. Yeah, that's great that he got three touchdowns, but you can't you can't sit there and rely on the touchdowns. I don't know. With the the Patriots, you might be able to a little bit more than other teams, as long as he's the one that's getting the touchdowns. They got plenty of guys to take it in. Except that all of them are hurt right now. So I mean, like you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that there's a distinct possibility that's how it goes um, later in the season. But right now, he's like the one healthy dude who actually runs between the tackles. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So 
Let's uh, let's shift off of that game. Oh, I'd let's... like to also point out that oh, yeah? Antonio Brown is still on Homer's bench. <laughs> no, no, no. He went and picked him up. He just picked him up. Cool. That's a, yeah. that's a smart move right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you think Tim right, Tebow's let's... still out there on the waiver wire? <laughs> let's go to uh, let's go to Brian and Chuck's game. Because I want to leave the two close ones for for later. Sure. And yet another blowout with just terrible, terrible scores. Yeah. No. This was uh, this was a pretty bad game. Um, you know, it, it would have been worse too had Joe Mixon not somehow mistakenly fallen into the end zone. Because I got to imagine he was trying to stay out. What he end up with, like, yeah, I think he had ten carries um, for two rushing yards. That's <laughs> That's pretty uh, rough. Those are some numbers right there. Um, yeah. And that one catch for one receiving touchdown. It's, uh, yeah. It's an interesting day. Um, Ryan's team is just a wasteland of fantasy. I mean, he's got some decent tight end play uh, now, and both of them, I think, were must have been waiver wire pickups because I don't think either of those guys would have been on a roster starting the season. Maybe Gerald Everett, but he would have gotten dropped real early um with how he's been playing and uh i mean really you can't fault him too much because i don't think anybody expected patrick mahomes to put up 10 points yeah that's fair that's 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 a good point he does like run into a bit of a problem there um so yeah i guess i guess mahomes puts up like a decent week and he's got this but it's still nothing i mean he's just looking to scratch out a win just so he doesn't go Oh, and 13. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's gonna, so what, what else can you really say? <laughs> uh, over on Chuck's side, um, I don't I don't know. I guess he traded Mahomes at one point, didn't he? I think Mahomes was on his team in, yeah. in one of the iterations of things. So, uh, cool. He's not anymore, so... Wait, I did guess. he have Mahomes? I thought he had Lamar Jackson, and I thought that no, was part I think, of the trade. No, I think he traded Mahomes for Lamar oh, Jackson. Oh, I think that is true. And then Lamar true, yep. Jackson, yeah. So, um, so cool. Like, that worked out, I guess. Um, you know, Jamal Williams was part of one of those trades. He did pretty well. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Chuck's team. If he hadn't been playing Brian, I assume he would have lost. I mean, although he did score pretty well... I mean, for, compared for this to, week, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Th- this week was this is a weird week. Like lots of lots of low scoring teams. The top scoring team had one twenty two. Like that's historically low. Yeah, that's that could be a losing team most weeks. Right. No, I definitely lost. I think with that exact number. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and look at Drew. And Ken's game. Leave the real marquee matchup for the end. Sure. I mean, I think this is the game that I called out that I was excited for this week. And, I mean, at least it was close, right? Um, Still not that great scoring. And the thing that I've been really up on Ken's team about was not what carried him to victory here. Um, Zeke finally is starting to look like something maybe close to what you were trying to draft him to be. Um, 26 points, not too shabby. Uh, but, I mean, his wide receivers really let him down this week compared to what they've been doing all season long. 
Yeah, this was a game that I was definitely paying attention to, especially once I saw, because all of my guys played in the 1 o'clock game. Um, so I knew I was going to lose early on. And so I was really paying attention to this one because I, I really was pulling for Drew um, to kind of keep that middle of the pack closer to middle of the pack. Um, and, you know, he needed Edelman to score, what, like two more points, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he needed to get another 10-yard reception or something like that. It just didn't happen. Um, but it was it was a really tight game um, kind of all the way. Um, it went right up to the Monday night game, and Drew just didn't have quite enough firepower to, to get there. And like I said, this is a weird week. So, like, Drew with nearly 100 points was actually, like, a decent scoring team this week, like middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean – he he suffered a lot of buys, uh, mostly because he's a closet Browns fan, apparently. Yeah. Um, and looking at it, like, Evan Ingram doesn't put up two points uh, most games. He puts up way better than that. And especially against the Cardinals, who are one of the say, worst yeah, defenses against the tight end. Well, they're terrible against the tight end. Yeah. They, for the first, like, five weeks until Tyler Eifert played them, they had the number one tight end up against them every single week. Yeah. Or they gave that they gave tight up end the number, number one, one tight stats. end. Yeah. yeah. Um, over on the other side, so Ken, um, yeah, you know, like like you said, uh, good showing from Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I, I don't know that I thought that Kansas City was going to put up defensive points like that. So that was a little surprising. So definitely a little boost there. Not to say that they, they weren't going to do well, but 25 points is, you know, that's Patriots numbers right there. So yeah. um, so that that definitely helped kind of prop up his score a little bit too because, like you said, all of his wide receivers really let him down. All right, and that brings us up to the final matchup of the week. This was a tight one. So I, I think that – and I, I didn't go back and check – my game with Ken, but I think Ken has like two wins this week, this year with like less than a point differential um, in both of those wins, which is, which is crazy. Like good for him. And he's putting out good teams and did score the highest of the week. So, uh, and he has two fucking tight ends again. Yeah. No, Hey, he's, he's, but again, he can do it. The guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are huge numbers. Also his, uh, his picking up Austin Hooper and getting rid of Zach Ertz is he's, looking brilliant still like i mean you know what else can you say like the guy is everything's hitting everything that ken is touching in fantasy is turned into gold right now um first week his first week though of not playing the right quarterback uh so that was that was a big one six touchdowns he left on his bench for aaron Rodgers. um so that was you know probably a little disappointing Going into Monday night's game, he could have already had this thing uh, thrown up and won, and he had to see Tom Brady put up enough points, and he just barely put up enough points. Yep, and I on his bench, like, Rodgers blew up on his bench, but Latavius Murray also, excellent game this week. Um, and But, I mean, like, you don't expect that when you're going up against – no one expected the Saints to play the way that they did against the Chicago Bears. Well, you don't, you don't expect Devonta Freeman to try to uh, – KO Aaron Donald probably not a great idea so he got ejected from that game I think in the third um, not that he was doing a whole lot up to that point or not that Atlanta was doing a whole lot but um, you know when you get an ejection that kind of hurts too yep all right so oh wait we wanna... didn't talk about your brother at all 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, his team is, like, he had a good week, you know? I mean, Minshew Mania uh, is, is going strong there. Uh, first, I think this is probably the one of the first times this year that those three stud wide receivers that he had actually put up points yeah. um, between all of them. Um, he's going to be a little upset about the Austin Eckler trade, too, because uh, Melvin Gordon just doesn't look like himself. No, I wouldn't be surprised if Gordon doesn't get traded at some point. Yeah, not I mean, not Gordon from Josh's team, but Gordon from the Chargers. The Chargers, like, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, what can you get for him now? That's Nothing. true. Yeah, he really yeah. screwed himself because he wanted to make more money, and he's not playing like he deserves more money. Yeah, I mean, I still, I, I'm, I've got him in a couple leagues. Um, I'm still practicing patience with him. Uh, just because, I mean, you know, the talents there, um, the chargers look weird right now. So you kind of hope that they get things going that, you know, Philip Rivers can kind of help write that ship. Um, and maybe once some of them start getting a little bit healthier, uh, you know, things start clicking a little bit more. So, you know, I, I'd go with patience there, um, for the time being. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So, uh, so do we want to have uh, Chuck call in now? Yeah, let's uh let's let's hear what Chuck has to say. All right. All right. How's it going, Chuck? I'm going it's going well. How are you doing? Pretty good. So, Chuck, you wanted to you wanted to call in and discuss things with us? Yeah, why not? I mean, I got to practice probably because it could happen to me next year, but you know, practice makes perfect, I guess. I'm no Shane Yardley. Well, give us the uh give us your segment. So, give yourself a nice little intro to it and and then we'll cut it in. All right, sounds good. So, you know, on the off season, kind of when I'm going through it, and I'm like, well, that season sucked. So what I do is, is I go ahead and look at facts and stats, and that's just what I like to do to keep the depression low. <laughs> so, um, as you guys can see from my Wikipedia page that I made for the league and stuff. So, um, so I made this thing. I I gave it a name. Uh, we'll go with it for now. You guys can ask the league if they want to vote on a different name, but I called it Chuck's Fact Blitz. Hey, quick question, Chuck, about that. Yeah. You said that in the off season you look at stats. So do you take the season off and not look at any fantasy stats or anything <laughs> like that to put a team together? No, I do. I do both, like, I all day. No, <laughs> no. He puts together an all right team. The thing is, is he decides to throw all those stats and facts out the window when someone offers him a trade. <laughs> Ah, uh, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, Ray did offer me. I don't remember who you offered me, but it was, I think it was one player, but for Levon Bell. But I mean, uh, I, I, I was sure. willing to negotiate, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. You the only one. I wasn't expecting I could get your entire team for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, I think at that point I was just kind of like, screw it. And me and Brian both were saying like, let's just change our whole team because if you give me your whole team, maybe it'll do better. That's what I thought. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, there was, like, five different managers that were offering me, Drew, Ross, uh, uh, Brian, and yourself, Ray. So um, I just went with Brian's. I just felt like it was the right call, I guess, because nobody was really doing much for me besides Mahomes. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I said I made this. Uh, it's called Chuck's Fact Blitz. Um, said, welcome to the first ever edition of Chuck's Fact Blitz. I'm going to be throwing some hard facts right in your face today. I'll use, I will always usually feature at least three facts. Sometimes I'll feature stat facts as well. 
Every fact and stat can range from horrendous to unbelievable. It can also be about one team manager or the whole league in general. So here we, here we go, guys. Uh, fact number one, feel free to pitch in whenever you, or just talk whenever you want to. That's fine. Um, so first down, fact number one. Uh, overall, this year actually has been down year for almost every manager in this league, with the league averaging roughly around 39% of their players actually meeting their projections. Uh, manager Ross is the highest percentage, obviously, at around 50% of his players actually meeting projection. The lowest percent, you guys can probably all guess it, the homer of the league, manager Pat Healy, with 28% of his players meeting the projections. And these numbers are obviously based on starting rosters. So um, this is actually compared to last year where roughly 48% of the players met their projection overall in the whole league. So definitely a down year all around. And believe it or not, we're already at 18 games where uh, teams have not hit 100 points. So, And that's halfway to the record already in seven weeks. So. I mean, I'm doing my part, and so is Shane. Uh, <laughs> and Chuck, you're not doing half bad yourself. So No, I, I'm, I'm contributing. I think between sure. the three of us, we're really helping out that number. Also, to be fair, a third of those happened this week. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like six or seven. Six this uh, week, manager. I believe. Yeah, so... Um, I think Shane, you're roughly around 34%. I did it for every team. Uh, Ray, yeah, you're not doing too well either, around 30, 31%. I'm doing just well uh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on to fact two, second down. Manager Ray has had the easiest schedule based on average points scored against him. What? Other no way. Other teams have only averaged 103.3 points against him. Well, no, see, so. the thing is, I get in my <laughs> opponent's head. I make them think that they're going to do well, and then they don't. Um, I also found out, I don't know if this is one of your facts, but it's a fact that I have. Um, I am undefeated when I have a player playing on Monday night, and I have not won a game where I do not have a player playing on Monday night. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's an interesting fact. I like it. The hardest schedule, believe it or not, based on average point scores, uh, goes to me, believe it or not. Teams have scored on average 133.1 points against them. A close second for the hardest schedule goes to you, Shane, with 133 points scored against you this year so far. And this hey, when, looks... when did you Go do ahead. these stats? Uh, this is for six weeks, so I didn't include seven, the seventh yeah. week yet. So yeah, yeah no, yeah. I'm above you now, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So these are not on the fly stats. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So third down, fact number three. Uh, now we can't avoid the elephant in the room. This year has seen one of the poorest starts in Delt Legends League history, with manager Brian Adams starting the season at 0 and seven. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> That was a good uh, intro, 0-7 in the stream. I like that. Love it. Good. <laughs> Just a little asterisk to go with this is that this is the third time in Brian's history that he has gone at least 0-6 to start the season. He went 0-6 in 2007 and 0-6 in 2014 as well. But this season tops them all so far. Brian has tied the record for worst start to a season with Josh Yardley, actually, who also started the 2017 season going 0-7. If Brian <laughs> obviously loses next week, He'll own the record to himself as being the only team to ever start a season 0-8. Uh, on, on this uh, pod, we don't deal in those types of uh, uh, unpredictable things. It's when. When, yeah. Brian Adams. <laughs> Brian Adams will so, lose next right, week. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll own the record next week when he does lose and go goes 0-8. So. There we go. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. It's a tough one, though. He's playing Pat. 
Oh, yeah. But um, that's fine. All, Paddle persevere. Yeah. Out of all active managers, actually, there hasn't been a, one of our the managers that are still in the league today. No one has ever gone uh, winless. So maybe that could that will happen this year, probably. So. <laughs> um, and while while we're on the topic of losses, I will throw a bullet point for this fact. The record for most losses in a row is Ken Wicks, who lost 11 games in a row in 2008. Brian is now tied for fourth all time with most losses in a row with Ray at seven. Ray lost seven in a row in 2016. Now it's time for the Chuck's Blitz Unbelievable Fact of the Week. You guys ready for this? Let's do it. I'm I, all right. I, I like the I like the title. <laughs> um, after much research and going ahead, you can call me the Adam Scheffner of the fancy football stats. This fact was unreal. I decided to do a research on blowouts and average margin of victory, and then focus on one manager. And this stat is astounding. Even though he lost this week, manager Ross holds a record. I don't know if it'll ever be broke, ever fall. Ross, Ross's average margin of victory in all 15 years of the DLL fantasy career is 48.59 points. Good luck trying to beat him. I hope everybody enjoyed these hard facts as I did. Now back to you guys. <laughs> they, right, good work, Chuck. They did hit right. us right in the face. I loved it. <laughs> CJ, you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> That's my oldest. Yeah. So I did a few other stuff, but those are the ones that I found that were the best, I guess. They were good. I, I liked it. It it's good that someone's keeping track of the records because um, the rest of us are trying to play fantasy football and you're just analyzing the uh, playing of fantasy football rather than doing it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to these factoids for next year. I'm really excited about it. listening to my way to way to work every morning. Right. Yeah. So yeah, when I wake up Monday morning and I lose five in a row, this helps ease the pain a little bit. Like, Oh, I'm going to research these stats. I mean, it's not like I end up not trying. Like each, I, I've obviously done the most trading so far this year, even though I was on that trade high. And Shane was exactly right about that about last week. What he said. Well, well, <laughs> so, you go ahead and just uh, lose again this week, buddy, and, and come up with some great stats. You know, I mean, just might as well take the week off. It doesn't look good right now. So, <laughs> no, no. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I'm playing you, Shane. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even guaranteed loss. Guaranteed. That's right. I think so, th- this might that might actually wind up being the first ever tie. You think so? <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be a fact of the ages for sure. I mean, every day I pay attention. I got a couple of uh, waiver picks coming up this week, so it's not like I'm not like I give shit about it, obviously. So, but I just who are the unluckiest? Who are you looking for on the waiver wire? Uh, maybe I shouldn't tell you, Ray. I don't know. <laughs> you absolutely shouldn't. That was a trap. Yeah, the next question was going to be, how much are you bidding? Well, I have $7, so obviously 3 and 4 so no. Oh. So if I no. want to beat out Chuck, all I need to Dude, do is rough. pay $8 for a pick. <laughs> right, yep, yep. And that $33 bid for, uh, uh, I don't even remember his name anymore. But, Wayne Gallman? Uh, Wayne Gallman. Yeah. I think that was the first thing week. we started making fun of you for. Right, I got the one win that one week, and that was it. He's done now, already. Well... <laughs> but, worth it yeah, yeah worth it for that one win at least i didn't go winless like someone else is gonna do this year yeah no it's it, it's i mean it's a tight race now those are quite some games last night i'm sure you guys are gonna talk about them but uh i mean you got one two three four at least six teams within one win of each other now so getting tight all i'm aiming for is seventh or eighth place now <laughs> so, 
noble goals. All yep, right. You got it. Shane, you got anything but, else to make fun of Chuck for? No, I think I'll save it for when he can't defend himself. <laughs> Before I go out, though, I wanted to make a bet to you, Ray, actually. Oh, <laughs> I'm interested. So I, was, so I don't think your luck's going to go too much further with having the weakest schedule, but I think it's going to end up turning on your head. So I'm going to bet you that I'm going to finish higher than you, more wins than you. Than Whoa! That's bold. All right. And the bet, I got the bet. I said, I was talking to Shane a little bit about this before I came on. Oh, so I'm being teamed up on by my own (laughs) co-host. No, no, no. I was just giving him ideas about what I should bet. At first, I was going to do something with trading, but then I was like, no, that's probably a coalition or whatever. We made that rule now. So um, I was going to say we get to name each other's team, whoever wins next year. All right. I'll allow it. You'll do that? I'm I'm in on that action. Yeah, yeah. All right, sounds good. I'll take it. <laughs> now I've got another thing to think of. i got to try to figure out some <laughs> silly names for Chuck's team next year. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful All night. Right. Uh, yeah, and I hope you lose the rest of the season. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Much appreciated. Take care. You too. Thank you for that excellent analysis, Chuck. Um, we, we look forward to hearing much more of it next year. <laughs> All right, so that brings us up to uh, looking forward, looking ahead to uh, to next week. Um, who am I interested in next week? What matchups? What do we got? We got 3v4. That's kind of fun. Um, but you know what? I'm going to be selfish this week. I'm looking forward to my matchup. The reason why I'm looking forward to my matchup is I want to know which team shows up. Is it the team that scores the lowest point total of the the week? Or is it the team that scores the highest point total of the week? Because for the last three weeks, those have been my only two options. So I'm looking forward to a a potential. I don't even care if I win. I just want my team to actually show up and put up points. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, But I am playing Chuck, so I'm looking forward to maybe riding the ship a little bit here. Now, I'm looking forward. It's, It's something scary. Uh, it's it's dangerous. It's it's not something that we've ever talked about on this podcast. But I'm watching with bated breath the game between the ninth place team and the last place team. The game between Homer and Brian Adams. Brian Adams, who has not won a game yet this season. Who's on pace, or who has on the line the worst starting record of any team in the Delt Legends Fantasy Football League. It's... It's it's a it's a historic game. Uh, I can't even say it. I'm so excited. Um, and going up against Healy, he he's got a chance. He's got a yeah. chance. And I'm real sad because I want to see Brian just suffer this terrible, terrible fantasy season. All right, you hear that, Pat? Stop picking up Patriots players. Go ahead and actually look at statistics. Doesn't matter if they have an NE after their name. Just go ahead and pick up the best player to be able to play against Brian this week. Yeah, Pat, actually, uh, send me any trade you'd like, and I will accept it for you. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to winners and losers of the week. Um, I'm going to start off with I'm going to start with the loser of the week. I think the loser of this week, this week, or I think the loser this week um, is Ross Terrio. Ross Terrio has been getting winner of the week a number of times this season. And I think it's time for him to get his lumps. Uh, he was the third lowest scoring team of the week. Um, it was a pretty sad showing from his team. And 
he lost first place. Some place that he's been for the entire season. Um, he's got a two-game losing streak, so you don't like to have uh, streaks like that. So, yeah. So, Russ, for this week, at least, you're the loser of the week. I am going to go a more traditional route this week uh, and say that Jason's team, uh, Malcolm Death Squad, is the loser of the week because losing to Homer's team like that, when you're you're the one that's competing with Josh Curtis and with Ross Terrio to try to, like, win out this league and then just misfortune covers your team and just shame and terribleness um and you lose to one of the worst teams in the league uh one of the worst teams maybe of all time it's just yeah i think that's fair it's real sad uh i'm gonna say winner of the week this is an easy one it's ken the terry and and there's a couple reasons for this one he is now five and two he is starting to cement that possibility that he will at least be in the playoffs, which is what he's going for. Um, so at five and two, that's huge. Second reason, he uh, barely won. Okay, less than a point he wins by for the second time, and I don't know if it was less than a point last time. It might have been less than two points, but that doesn't matter. For the second time, he barely ekes out a victory, which is huge. I mean, difference between him being five and two and three and four. But then lastly. The reason why he won this week is because of the trade that he made. So he had, what, 40 points from Austin Eckler and Austin Hooper. Josh was unable to play uh, James Conner because he was obviously on bye. And Zach Ertz puts up 5.8 points. So the difference in this game was the trade that was made between them a few weeks ago that we made so much fun of Ken for, and he was adamant that he was making the right decision. And at least for this week, he's still right. That's true. It's very good points. Great analysis. Much more effort than I put into this every week. <laughs> um, and uh, in the same vein, not putting in a lot of effort, uh, I'm going to talk about my team as the winner of the week. Not only because it's not a lot of effort to pick my own winning team, uh, but because my team has perpetually shown not a lot of effort on my starting roster. And, uh, I mean, I, I squeaked out a win. I was not looking forward to the possibility of having to do this podcast with uh, Shane not hearing, uh, or not, not winning, uh, and having to hear about the whole thing. Um, he's a much better co-host than I am, so uh, it probably wouldn't have been too bad. But at the same time, um, I'm right at the bottom middle, essentially, of our, of our league. And uh, every win for me is super important if I want to try to squeak my way into the playoffs and maybe have a chance. So I, it, it was a big win uh, against someone who's right around the same spot as me. Uh, we'll see as the schedules sort of even up towards as the season progresses if I can keep that up um, as Shane plays easier teams and I theoretically play harder teams. All right, so Chuck also reminded me um, that we're about halfway through the season now, a little bit over halfway through the season. So I think both of us need to have a bold prediction for one person who makes the playoffs and one person who misses the playoffs. All right. So All right. I'll give you my bold prediction for who's going to miss the playoffs. Cause I'm going to double down on everything. And I am going to say, after all of the, the amount of praise that I've heaped on you over the past few weeks, <laughs> Ken Letary 
will not make the fantasy playoffs this season. At 5-2, and two, he is going to slip. He is going to have an epic fall. And he is going to finish the season in 7th place. Wow, even calling out the place. Yep, yep. That's that's crazy. All right. Um I like it. That's it's bold. It's bold with a question mark cuz I mean at some point he's going to stop like making the right decisions, right? It just happens. I mean, it happened this week for the first time. I'm seeing the chink in his armor right there that he he doesn't start uh, Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. This is the first time of many, Ken, the first of many. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. It's going to blow your mind. I predict that one, Homer Simpson, one, Pat Healy, just barely squeaks himself no. into the playoffs. Please, 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 please. Yeah, you know you won. Don't jinx it. The winner, Homer Simpson. Oh, my God. At the this sixth is a serious place. podcast here. Come no, on, I, man. I, it's got to be bold, right? And what's bolder <laughs> than that? No one expects it. But I mean, he's he's got pieces. He's as long as he doesn't continue trading away those pieces for New England Patriots players that are on the bench, um, he might be able to do something with them. But uh, I, and uh, if Antonio Brown comes back to a team, my yeah. goodness, that's that he'll, we'll be praising big, him for up. such a smart smart decision. It's a terrible decision. Get rid of him so that I'm correct. Um, <laughs> but that's my bold prediction. I like it. I like it. So those are two good bold predictions right there. Um, and I think that, that uh, that's all the, the prog- prognosticating that we need to do. Yeah, that's a word. Look at those big words. Yeah. Mr. Vice Principal. Hey, you know, that's why, you know, teaching kids SAT words all the time. Yep. All right. Uh, oh, shit. That's, that's our whole podcast. That's it. That's that's that's, that's all, it. That's, that's all we do. The end. All right. Um, do you have any any parting words for the, our losers, Shane? You know, I, I said this when I played when I played Ken, and I, I maybe felt it a little bit last week, but I am right now feeling a sense of dread with this upcoming week, because playing Chuck, I'm just not feeling great about it right now. My team is just not performing, and if I lose this week. I'm going to I'm going to spiral out of control, I think. I uh I'm feeling a sense of dread myself uh because Brian Adams has a real chance to win. Um and if Brian Adams wins, then that throws off my bold prediction right from the get-go. Um cuz yep. I, I I don't see Healy coming back from that kind of a deficit, but he might be able to do it. Um so Healy, I'm I'm rooting you on this week. Do me proud. Do me proud. <laughs> All right. For your hosts of the Losers Corner. That's Shane Yardley. I'm Ray Goulet. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again next week. Um, yeah. See ya. Fuck you guys. <laughs>
I mean, I'm going to go more traditional and say that uh, Josh Curtis was our loser of the week because, I mean, going up against the ninth place team when you're the one competing. Wait, isn't that Josh Curtis's? No, it isn't. Nope. I'm going to start over that. Um, All right. So uh, so do we want to have uh, Chuck call in now? Do we have another thing for Chuck? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, let's uh let's let's hear what Chuck has to say. All right. <laughs> well, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh 